0: From Relay FM, this is Virtual, episode number 33. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, an intranet you'll actually like, and 1Password from AgileBits. Put passwords in their place. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Federico Vitticci. Hi, Federico. Hello, Mike, and welcome back. Yeah, thank you, sir. I missed, I missed this show. I missed talking about video games with you, but here we are. We're back. I've taken a little break, but I'm back again today.
1: Well, I have been playing video games in your absence. Good. And uh, yeah, this is the other actually, thing. Like,
0: I've been away, right? And and this is really interesting. Maybe more than any trip that I've ever taken, I was away for two weeks, and I effectively mm-hmm. just just didn't use the internet for most of it. Like, mm-hmm. I was barely using Twitter. I wasn't checking any feeds or anything like that. So, I need you today to fill me in on what's been happening in the video game world for the last couple of weeks.
1: Okay, so. Let me give you a quick recap. Okay. There's people freaking out over Bloodborne on PlayStation. It's a, it's a, apparently according to the reviews it's a great game. We discussed before why it's not kind of the game for me and you. Yep. Uh, but it's a great game. There's a couple uh, nice articles that I saw yesterday. There's a one on Gamma Sutra. Uh, there's another on uh, Offworld. Like not necessarily reviews, like opinion pieces that I saw people on Twitter were like sharing because. The, they were great. So there's people talking a lot about Bloodborne, you know, reviews, opinion pieces and walkthroughs, videos, a lot of Bloodborne stuff uh, was very well received. Then I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know. There's, there was the Nintendo Direct, which I want to discuss with you uh, some, you know. Couple of Nintendo news. There's some stuff that uh, Square Enix is doing. Uh, I saw them in the news a couple of times about you know uh, this controversy about adding a female character in Final Fantasy 15. Uh, apparently they don't want to add uh, you know women to the cast because it would it would be distracting, uh, which is dumb uh, to say or to think. Uh, I don't know. There's not much. There, there was an Xbox One update, I think. Uh, but for that, you got to check out your Xbox, mic. I don't have one. Um, and the, I don't know if we discussed... Yeah, we discussed the PlayStation 2 update in the in the last episode. So I think... Where did you basically,
0: see that, that Final Fantasy article about the women? Where uh, was, it was that? It was a
1: couple of weeks ago, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we discussed it. I just remember it. Um, but yeah, um, basically you missed bloodborne and the Nintendo Direct, I would say. Yeah, because all least.
0: I know from the Nintendo Direct, I think, is there's been some additions to Mario Kart mm-hmm. and Zelda's delayed.
1: Oh, yeah, Zelda's delayed. There was a video uh, with Eiji Aonuma. Uh, explaining the delay that the, they were making the game this year and they were shooting for uh late 2015 release and then they realized that they wanted to make, to make the game better and they wanted to they wanted to add more stuff, more mechanics, so they just sat sit down and said, okay, we want to make this the best Zelda ever on for the Wii U, so we need more time, and they made this video to apologize and to explain. And I think people kind of... I mean, when when Nintendo tweeted the the message on on Twitter, uh, people kind of freaked out. But it didn't last very long because uh, my impression is that people understood and maybe some of us were kind of expecting the delay because there's never been a time where Nintendo didn't delay a Zelda game for consoles. Uh, So I'm kind of used to it. And I mean, it makes sense. Uh, The Wii U is in a tough position, so it needs great games. And Nintendo needs to prove that they can make an open-world Zelda game. So if they need more time, they need more time, you know? But it's just like,
0: we've been talking about this for so long. I don't know how they got to this position in the first place because it was so obvious that this game wasn't coming when they said it was. Like, you know how they were always saying, before Star Fox? Mm -hmm. Has there been any more news on Star Fox? Uh there was a rumor I think uh the th- things th- like rumors like why <laughs> how did they ever expect <laughs> because to do this <laughs> th-
1: there's a E3 coming up um you know in, in a yeah, couple E3 of is months not far away is it no in a couple of months
0: so is it like may
1: uh june i think it's it, the past couple of years has been
0: uh, yeah, right like, after WWDC. yeah right after like yeah. usually like as it's happened, it used it may, yeah. used to be may
1: used to be may when we were kids mike uh oh, um, right. Yeah, um, there was a rumor that Star Fox is gonna be like a bunch of mini games, uh, like uh, you know all the different experiments that Miyamoto tried, oh, no. uh, but it wasn't confirmed by anyone. Uh, and uh, and I just saw like a couple of guys. Oh, it's t- it's totally rumor. gonna
0: be that. It's gonna be that robot. It's gonna be a dumb robot thing. <laughs> it's gonna be See mini it. games. You think it's, it's just gonna be a big Star Fox robot? That's all it is. And then <laughs> cameras, robot. video cameras in your spaceship.
1: So let me let me discuss, besides the rumors, let me discuss the actual highlights from the Direct. So yeah, Mario Kart 8 is getting this DLC. We talked about this last year. And I already po- paid for the DLC last year with a yeah. uh, double package. Yep, I don't so know what's I. the name. Um, and you so get so the it's Animal coming up.
0: Crossing? Is it Animal Crossing? You, one? Get the, yeah. you get
1: the Animal Crossing and you get uh, a couple of new tracks. Also, you're getting new Amiibo stuff, like new characters, new customizations, uh, new more support for Amiibo figurines if you manage to buy one of those. And the big news is they save this for the end of the direct. Uh, the game is getting a new 200cc speed boost mode, Ooh. and it's really fast. There's um, So this is
0: a harder difficulty, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, when Mario Kart uh, gets faster, it means that it's more difficult and that it's for advanced players. And so it used to be that, you know, 150cc was the top speed in, in the game. Now it's 200, and there's a video on IGN, uh, I saved this video in the show notes, which people can find Michael where...
0: Well, in your podcast app of choice, or if you want to go to the web instead, you can go to relay.fm slash virtual slash 33. Awesome,
1: thank you. So there's a video on IGN and it shows the speed difference side by side with the old uh, mode and the new one. And it's clearly faster, really, really fast. Uh, so I'm kind of excited, you know, because even at the top speed, Mario Kart 8 was never super fast. And this new mode is kind of like... I don't wanna say but it's kind of like F0 meets Mario Kart in a way like okay.
0: in a very <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> uh, to play it I'm 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 trying so I can see what it's like I'm dealing with IGNs web player at the moment which oh, yeah, is never a, never a It's fun
1: experience. not a great once <laughs> it's not fun. Um speaking of Amiibo, there's a new Amiibo coming out and it's amazing. It's a it's a plush amiibo for yoshi from the yoshi's woolly world game oh man and it looks it's actually a plush yes wow it's i don't know if it's if plush is the right word but it's like well uh, it's
0: like a little soft toy
1: yeah it's a, you know it's like it looks handmade and and it's amazing you know and of course, this is going to be, you know, I'm guessing hard to find because Amiibo, but I don't know how Nintendo is distributing those anymore. Um, so if you're into yeah. Amiibo...
0: That one is going to sell out so yeah.
1: fast. Yeah. If you're into Amiibo, you should check it out. Uh, Codename Steam... Not sure this was mentioned in the in the in the direct, but anyway, uh, we talked about this game before about my excitement, and then we talked about my disappointment in the reviews. I got a couple of tweets on Twitter uh, from people saying, "Hey, you shouldn't you shouldn't trust the reviews completely because if you like the game, the game is still fun." Uh, but one of the points from the reviews was that the game was really slow, and. The game forced you to wait during the enemy turns, and there's a new software update, there's a new patch for the game that speeds up the enemy turns, and it's like a fast-forward mode. And there's a video on Kotaku showing, again, the differences, and it's uh, in the original version, an enemy turn takes 46 seconds, and this is just... One enemy turn from from a random mission. It's not like it always is forty six seconds. But anyway, in this comparison, it's 50, uh, 46 seconds versus seventeen after the, the patch. So it's it's better, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I I am you know I hope that once it launches in Europe, I think next month uh, we will get the fully patched version. Uh, I I, th- I still think I'm buying the game. Maybe from the eShop, I don't know. Because I really liked it, you know? And I kind of... This time, I kind of want to see for myself. I usually trust reviews, especially when it's so many people saying the same thing, but I want to see for myself. There's classic Nintendo DS and Nintendo 64 games coming to the Wii U. This is not necessarily... News because last year Japan got a, uh, the brain training DS game for the Wii U, but now Nintendo made a big deal out of this announcement for America and Europe. And the first games are Yoshi's Island DS and Mario Kart 64. Mario oh, Kart cool. 64, yeah, Mario Kart 64, I understand because, you know, it's the Nintendo 64 game alongside, I don't know, GoldenEye and yeah. Ocarina
0: of Time. And, I don't uh, understand. Uh, Super Mario 64. Yeah. We already have that though, right?
1: No, I was saying uh, Mario Kart six, Mario 64. Uh, did I say Mario Kart 64? Yeah, you did. Oh, no, I meant Mario 64. Oh, Sorry. okay. Yeah, That makes more no, sense. No, no, Mario 64, not Mario Kart. Sorry, Mike. Um, the You know, I understand Mario 64 because it's the game for the console. I don't understand Yoshi's Island DS. Of all the DS titles, <laughs> I don't understand why they would pick Yoshi's Island, which, I mean, it's a you know, it's a decent game. It's not a great game. It's not the most popular Nintendo DS game. That is weird because the games weird. that
0: they've chosen to to do this with recently have been like the really good ones, like Metroid or whatever. Yeah, that's, I mean, they that's could they could, have,
1: they could have gone with so many other games, uh, and instead they chose Yoshi's Island DS. First, many more games are coming out. It's just weird. These games are nineteen nine ninety nine dollars each. Couple of interesting tidbits. Uh, Nintendo sixty four games will support the Ramble pack. Um, so if uh, you try to download a game that on the original console on the Nintendo sixty four had support for the Ramble pack, which was an accessory to add, uh, you know, vibration feedback to your controller, you will get the same on uh, on the on the virtual console and. These games come with the with scans of the original manuals. Oh,
0: it's um, like your it's like a wet dream to yes, you. Yes, it's 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 awesome.
1: It's awesome. I mean, the, you know, I always complain about hey, we're getting you know the manuals are going going the way of 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 the dodo, <laughs> and instead, Nintendo is putting them back into the, into these e- retro console games as uh, scans. I mean, could it be you know the, the quality of the scans is not terribly. Uh, perfect, but it's still something, you know, at least these manuals are not getting lost in translation, I guess. Um, no manuals for Nintendo DS games, at least I couldn't find people sharing pictures, or I couldn't find blog posts about this, so it's kind of a bummer, because there used to be manuals 10 years ago for the Nintendo DS, I wish Nintendo supported these too. Uh, if you do find a DS game on the Wii U Virtual Console with support for manuals, send us a picture. On twitter or email mike i still um, i
0: still want a, a remastered uh mario 64 that that's what i want you know
1: uh hd remaster yeah
0: hmm.
1: i don't know we saw the game already on, on the ds uh yeah you know 10 years ago they did super mario 64 ds But, I don't know, is Nintendo in the position of making a new Mario game, like, made a big deal out of a remaster, or do people want Nintendo to make
0: new stuff? They should probably just make... Of uh, the eShop. No, they should probably just make um, Galaxy 3, right? Yeah,
1: or at least a really new Mario. Well, you know? I, f-
0: I feel like of all of the Mario games that they've currently made, like it makes sense to do a HD version of that world. Because oh, it, yeah. really yeah. yeah, it would look really good.
1: Yeah, it'll look really nice. Yep. Um, sp- I forgot, the DS games on the Wii U, they get uh, a bunch of options to emulate the dual screens on the gamepad and on the TV. So it's interesting, Nintendo is doing... Oh yeah, uh, I hadn't thought TV. of that. How does that work? oh, you can, you can turn the gamepad sideways, you can have the screens oh, wow. horizontally, you can use the TV. There's like three or four options that you can choose. So
0: I guess you could use the TV as the top screen and the I think gamepad so. as like, the spot- bottom screen. That would make the most sense. There was like
1: three or four options for the display of the dual screens. It was really kind of... I appreciate Nintendo, you know, not going with only one option. Uh, you can choose, which is nice. Um... Nintendo is also accepting suggestions, so this is pretty cool. Uh, they're still working on Super Smash Bros. Uh, for the Wii U and for the 3DS. They're doing updates. Uh, they're still bringing you know fixes and characters, and they have opened a website where you can make suggestions for which character you would like to see in Super Smash Brothers. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, uh, because they basically they said we take a really long time in considering which kind of characters we want to bring to the to the franchise and also it, we need months several months to make this character and to make sure that it fits you know with the gameplay mechanics of the other characters uh, to make sure that we don't alter the balance of the game too much and <laughs> so you can go to this website and you can fill like a form and suggest a character but <laughs> what's really awesome is uh, you can if you go to Twitter and you search for uh, the Super Smash Bros fighter ballot uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of interesting suggestions from people there was a tweet from tiny cartridge about Goku from the Dragon ball, uh, the dragon ball series and the comment is there's still time to make things right <laughs> so this is uh, like a meme you know to have goku in, in super smash bros uh for years people have wanted to, to play as goku in in, in the game and uh, also there's a, a tweet from um uh the kotaku guy jason schreier is that how do you say that mike i would say schreier schreier okay uh a suggestion is to have Hideo Kojima in the in the game, so he's the Metal Gear Solid guy. Have you followed the Hideo Kojima story for the? Of course you haven't, because you've been traveling. Well,
0: no, actually, this was before I went. He's leaving, isn't he?
1: It's uh, we don't know. There's like gossip going around. He's leaving, or maybe uh, the the initial story was that Konami fired him, and then he, he wasn't fired, but he's still leaving. We don't know. Anyway, there's a tweet. Uh, as a suggestion Hideo Kojima, Uh why should this character become a fighter because he needs a job <laughs> kind of made me laugh um, anyway go to the website, suggest your own character I don't know, maybe we, we could suggest having uh, I'm trying to think what kind of Nintendo seen, character I've do we want I've actually seen
0: some images of this this was one thing that I had kind of broken through because I was seeing people like suggesting like Shovel Knight oh as one. Would he would fantastic. be pretty that character I think would yeah. work really well, yeah, because he also brings with him a weapon that they could integrate, you know, like an item which yeah. is the shovel,
1: yeah, and it's uh, I mean, I can kind of see Shaw and I being part of Super Smash brothers because uh, link from Zelda has uh, like a similar move when he when he jumps down with sword on the ground, yeah that's kind of like the shovel, so it, it makes sense to him I don't know that's a that's a good idea.
0: I like it, I like it. Not my idea, I won't take credit for it. They should have, like, uh, who else else could be in there?
1: I wonder if they will have the Splatoon characters in the game. That would make a lot of sense. Nintendo is betting heavily on Splatoon, which is coming out next month, I think. So I'm really excited. Yeah, I'll Uh, get that, I will get that. Yeah, there's a Splatoon Amiibo set also coming out, an Amiibo set just for Splatoon. They're they're hoping uh,
0: for a franchise, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are, they are. We'll see. All right. Just before we go into uh, sponsor this week, I, I have some exciting news in case people aren't aware. Um, the fantastic podcast Isometric has joined Relay FM now. Um, and as of episode 50, they are fully on board. It's the first episode that was broadcast live on Relay FM, and, and it will be there. The, the whole catalog of the show is there you can go to relay.fm slash isometric for that. It's hosted by Georgia Dow, Brianna Wu, Steve Lubitz, and Maddie Myers. It's a fantastic cast. It is a, it's a video game show, but it's nothing like this one. Mm. <laughs> like we couldn't be more different. And what I love about isometric is the way that they make me feel when I'm thinking. So do you remember a couple of weeks ago, we was talking about Hotline Miami. Yeah. And I was saying, I quite enjoyed the game. I then listened to the episode that they did uh, around this. I think it was maybe the same week or the week before. And Basically, they told me on that show why I should feel terrible for playing that game, effectively. Like, not me personally, but they were talking about the game, saying about all the bad things it does, and I haven't played it since. Because it's like, yeah, actually... For it, the violence and the stuff? The violence, and I they I think that at the start of the game, it says, like, do you want to see these sexually explicit scenes or something like that? And I, I can't remember what I pressed, but they talk about there's, like, this rape scene opening the game, and I didn't see it. I assume, because I don't remember it. Uh, and it's like, yeah, that sounds pretty bad. And th- this is what I like about Isometric, is that it makes you th- think and feel differently because they are gamers coming from a different perspective than many others and that's what i really like about the show so if you like video games at all which i'm sure that you do like because you listen to this show you should check out isometric because they talk about things in a totally different way and and, and i really like it and i think that you will do and i'm so happy that they're part they have agreed to be a part of our lovely network here yep. so go check it out FM slash isometric go there even just to look at the fantastic logo um that our designer made it's just stunning so yeah there we go. So should we uh, take a moment to thank our first sponsor for this week? Sure. This week's episode is brought to you by 1Password from AgileBits. For everyone listening to this show, 1Password should be an essential piece of software. In the digital world that we live in now, it can be way too easy to use the same password or just super simple passwords all over the place. But this is a terrible idea because sites can get compromised, people can be hacked, bad stuff can happen, but a good 1Password user doesn't have to worry about any of this. 1Password is an app available for the Mac, iOS, Android, and Windows. It's going to help you create super strong passwords and then keep them safe for you. They're all stored in an encrypted file on your device that you can sync via Dropbox, iCloud, or locally via Wi-Fi Sync. And the only way you can get to them is to know your super secret master password. You open the app, it asks for your password, you put them in, and it will give you access to everything else. And that password isn't stored anywhere other than in your encrypted file. They don't keep a backup of those passwords on the web or anything like that. It's purely just for you. One password makes it easy to get secure online. They will help you save a ton of time. you know even if it was more simple to use the same password everywhere or just to type in like one, two, three four five as your password, you're still having to type all these passwords in all of the time. but one click login to one password is super awesome. They have great extensions for your browser, so it just sits up there in your browser. you just click the little one password icon, it knows the website you're on and you just press the button and it will fill in everything for you and log you in. This is really good like with our hosting provider, I have like five or six different accounts because we have like a bunch of different shows. Uh, so they, I just go to our hosting providers' website. I click my 1Password icon. It gives me a list of all of the logins. I select the one that I want, and I log in and can upload the show. Super fantastic. I love 1Password. I think that you will too. If you're not yet a 1Password user, you should change this right away. Go to agilebits.com onepassword 1Password. That's A-G-I-L-E-B-I-T-S dot com slash O-N-E-P-A-W-S-W-O-R-D. Or you can find that link in the show notes, of course. To find out more, you can also find 1Password on the App Store of your choice. Thank you so much. So much to AgileBits and OnePassword for supporting this episode. Put passwords in their place with OnePassword. Do you remember Mike? uh, The this game
1: Final Fantasy Dissidia. No. uh, For the PSP. No. Uh, So um, I don't know how many years ago. I would say five or six. uh, Square Enix made this game for the PSP. It was a fighting game uh, with Final Fantasy characters and stages. And moves, of course. It's kind of like the Super Smash Brothers of Square Enix. And over the years, there's been a bunch of additions and remakes. Uh, I played CDR the last time a couple of years ago, I think, on a PSP Go. And anyway, uh, Team Ninja and Square Enix are working together on a new arcade version. Uh, This hardware is based on a PlayStation 4, but the game is not coming to PlayStation 4 right away because it will be exclusive to arcades for
0: at least a year. Man, that's so that 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 notion is so strange to me. Arcade games, just. Having a game that's exclusive to arcades, it's like, what year is this? <laughs> Obviously, there are different parts of the world where it must be different. Yeah, it's
1: fascinating because I think in Japan, there's still people playing a lot of arcade.
0: You know? So strange, right? Like, why? <laughs> It's like why would you do that? But there must be a social aspect to it. That it has to oh, be right. It's a,
1: it's a cultural aspect too. I think to Like there's uh, places where, where you just go to play arcades. Yeah, and but, I mean, like, like
0: you, you go with your buddies and you play some arcade games. Yeah, right. That yeah. that must be the thing. But it's yeah. Like to me and you, it's like why would you pay uh-huh, like that's from- a dollar f- to play a game that's just trying to take your dollars? It's like so weird.
1: Yeah, I remember. I remember when I was uh, really young, like. Five or six or seven uh, arcades were kind of popular here. Yeah. I remember the, yep. ca- the the cabinets of uh, Street Fighter Two, uh, Metal Slug Two. Uh, I used to play when I was uh, like on vacation at the beach. Yeah, uh there too. was like a, there was like a we call it a bar. It's like a coffee shop on the beach and. I would go there like for lunch when my parents and I were staying at the beach for lunch uh we would get pizza you know f- uh, to eat and then after lunch I would just you know spend like 30 minutes playing Metal Slug or Street Fighter with uh with the lira which used to be our old currency and but that's from uh, you know from 20 years ago uh I I've never I I don't see arcades anymore I'm pretty sure and if I do it's like either flipper machines or um, like pinball machines pinball yeah we call yeah. it flipper um and, or maybe like one of those old like sports games when there's like those wee- weird accessories they're like you can kick a ball in, in a football arcade game have you ever yeah. seen those like you yep. need
0: to run and you need to kick it's super yeah. weird there's like golf uh, ones as well where you like hit the golf yeah ball. yeah or, or like you pretend to hit a golf ball you just swing yeah this is the thing like i used to play them when i was a kid as well but i think now it's just like it just seems like an alien concept because arcades have kind of been pushed out but i guess of course there are still people that that play arcade games it just seems so strange now right it's just like huh
1: it's from another age it's uh i remember the the arcade uh uh Place in Viterbo it used to be very like a smoky place with a bunch of shady teenagers, yep. Uh, yep. and there used to be a video game store on the on the second floor. So to get in, you needed to you needed to pass through the arcade uh, business. You know, <laughs> it was like I I I used to go there. I was like six or seven, and I used to I needed to go there with my mom, of course. And I remember clearly those kids like you know leather jackets smoking and it was like oh these are like <laughs> you know like criminals <laughs> 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 and the, they were playing street fighter and uh, there was all this dark place with all these lights from the monitors it was super like shady <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and uh, but also so fascinating in a way I was like man when when I'm when I'm a grown-up I can play video games this way <laughs> and of course I wouldn't you know because you know things change um but anyway, this Decidia game, the, the, the nice fact about this game is that Ramza from Final Fantasy Tactics will be added to this game with a software update. So if you know me, if you know this show, and if you know kind of my taste in video game, uh, in, in video game, uh, I would say obsessions, uh, you know that I have a Final, Final Fantasy Tactics problem. So... The fact that I will be able to play as Ramza uh, after many years of um, actually, I don't think I've seen any Ramza uh, appearance in any other. There, there used to be maybe I remember some kind of a uh, Ramza presence in in another Scornix game. I just don't remember. We we gotta trust the follow up and our listeners to send me the link. I remember the there was a game uh, not a Fan non-Final Fantasy Tactics game where Ramza was added like for, I don't know, for a cutscene. I don't don't remember. Anyway, it's coming to PS4 eventually. You will need to wait or you go to to Japan and you play the arcade. Yeah. That's what you need to do. Um, Man, arcade machines. That's from 20 years ago. Uh, I wonder what happened to the arcade place in Viterbo. It's probably, I mean, I guess it's out of business. Just didn't go there anymore. I think it also cut fire at some point. Oh my word! Yeah, it's really sad actually. Now that I think about it. Anyway, also from nine years ago. See, we're we're doing the memory, the memories
0: show. It's today. a trip memory lane.
1: Yes. So, uh, do you remember Loco Rocco? Of course, I do. Okay, uh, it was a PSP. One, one of game. the reasons.
0: It's one of the reasons my brother bought a PSP. I like, think, and then we played it. We played it. Oh. Nice. For Loco Yeah. So beautiful. Oh what a good yeah.
1: And it was major source of inspiration, other people would say, uh, was actually Rolando. the, the yeah, yep. <laughs> so it was a rip Uh but yeah, Rolando for one of the first big iPhone games, uh, they actually even made Rando 2 or Rando 3 before they got out of business, uh, or they got bought, I think NG Moco got bought by they Dina. Got, they got bought by Dina, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny so, how these things turn out, right? <laughs> yeah, so the, there's an article on Polygon about the weird brill- brilliance of LocoRoco nine years later, and... Specifically, it's about the music, it's about the soundtrack, and it's about this song that doesn't make any sense, but it's super catchy. And according to the designer of LocoRoco, which uh, the name is Tsutomo Kono, I would guess, in Japanese, um, basically, it's a bunch of lyrics from a bunch of different languages remixed together and modified to sound cool to Japanese, you know players, so they don't make any sense, it's like a, a, word, a word salad from different languages remixed together based on how they sound, and of course, you, you gotta listen to the final song, there's a, you, you can go to Polygon, there's a video, I remember the soundtrack of LocoRoco was super catchy and cute, uh, so man, this brings back memories. Interesting read from... And we're almost done with the links, Mike. I, I got a bunch of stuff to discuss with you because, you know, you've been you've been flying all over Europe. So I saved many links.
0: Um, I appreciate it. I feel like I'm getting up to speed.
1: So there's a great read on Kotaku. If you follow the professional, the competitive Super Smash Bros. community... Um, an interesting theory, or at least a, you know, an opinion on why Super Smash Four, uh, which would be the Wii U version, needs to replace the the, the GameCube uh, version of uh, Super Smash Bros. Uh, I always get this wrong. Is it melee is it melee. Melee. How do you, melee. Okay, so it's a. Uh, which, by the way, melee m- means apples in Italy. Um, <laughs> Super Smash Bros. Apples. <laughs> 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 yes. I mean Melee, it's the plural of mela which means apple. Uh, anyway, it's a fun fun Italian fact. Um, I mean it, this is the thing. Uh if you follow the uh like the professional players of Super Smash Bros. Uh and if you follow the the tournaments that they do there's a uh, I I watched one of the finals a couple of months ago on on Twitch they still play the GameCube game because it is regarded as the best uh, version of uh, version of the franchise. Huh. Uh, professional players were really upset when Brawl came out on the Wii uh, because it tried to appeal to a more casual user. And instead, the GameCube game it can be played as a hardcore professional fighting game of sorts. Um Now that there's Super Smash 4, uh, before it came out, the professional player fighting community was kind of skeptical, you know, because they were like, is this game going to be like the Wii version? Is it going to be boring? Is it going to be, you know, just for casual players? Toned down. Exactly. And instead, Nintendo managed to find this interesting and nicely done balance between the, you know, the in a way, hardcore nature of the GameCube version and also up trying to approach uh, a broader audience. And so the new Super Smash uh, Bros. For, uh, for the Wii U, especially because professional players p- play on the Wii U, uh, it strikes a good balance between the, these two uh, types of audiences. And so this article on Kotaku... It makes a bunch of different points as to why Super Smash 4 needs to replace the GameCube game in in the professional scene. And the point that resonates with me is the is actually two points. Uh, first one is uh, accessibility, because of course it's a new game, it's easier to find, it's easier to play on an HDTV, and it's easier for people to approach because you can find it in a store, you don't have to hunt down the game on eBay and spend a lot of money on a physical copy. The game will still be updated in the future, there will be software patches that there are you know more people playing this game now and it's easier it's more accessible because you can approach this game and find a lot of people playing it today and so you can ask for advice you can play against them and not necessarily you need to find you know professional players you can find all kinds of people so the game is more accessible and also the second point is the online play when Nintendo released uh, Super Smash uh, Bros. Brawl on the Wii, the online play was kind of ridiculous. It basically never worked, and it was a fe- you know there was a, a problem with lag, and it didn't work really well. Uh, this time, they I, I wouldn't say that that it's perfect, but it's you know, it's on average, it it works. It's a, it's a it's a good way to train uh, with other you know with strangers. It's a good way to play with friends, and it brings var- variety to you know to the game because you can play with you know people from all around the world. Uh, so. It, it, the game is more accessible. The game has online play, which of course you, you don't get in the GameCube game anymore. And even if you did, you know, <laughs> it's likely that the server would be offline. Um, I mean, it makes sense for the new, the new Smash Bros. to to replace the. I mean, it's a melee has like fourteen or fifteen years of uh, existence, so it's kind of old. It's hard uh, to, it's
0: got to just be harder to get now, right? Like, it's hard to get and. But
1: still, professional players—they love melee, you know. They, they, there's, there's like, there's history, you know, in the professional community. This is hard to explain, uh, but like, there's um, uh full strategies on how to do specific moves, how to do like, and this is not, you know, the moves that me and you do, like the basic combos. This is like c- f- complete communities of hundreds of people discussing and on online forums and also in real life with these tournaments, like advanced strategies for a game that is 15 years old. It's fascinating to see these people playing an old game to such a high degree of competence, Mm -hmm. you know? They can do stuff in this game for the GameCube that I I can understand why it would take years of experience. And uh, I'm going to need you, Mike, to find another link uh, because there was a huge controversy for the last uh, Super Smash Bros. tournament, uh, or maybe it was last year, I don't remember. I saw the article a couple of months ago. Uh, basically, when there was uh, the tournament last year, and basically, the player who won the, the latest version, uh, the people who were there didn't care. As soon as uh, Melee was on the big screen, everybody started cheering and paying attention. And so the article said it was kind of awful, you know, because this guy... I was very happy, and people didn't care. They just wanted to. They just wanted to see melee because melee was the final event of the tournament. Uh, so you see, there's a, there's like a stigma in the Super Smash Bros. community for new Super Smash Bros. games, and I know that it's a super niche discussion. I mean, it's just a fighting game from Nintendo, but there's this vibrant community, and it's fascinating. Again, go take go take a look at uh, videos on YouTube. These professional players, they can do stuff, and they can play so fast and so like they can play by memory they don't it seems to me like they don't even look at the screen they just know what to do and it's again to me people who can do this stuff with games um again fascinating stuff not for me because i don't have the time or expertise to do this uh, but knowing that there's people doing this and you know reading about these controversies and these opinions it's interesting I don't know why I get so carried away with Super Smash Bros. While I'm a, such a terrible player, <laughs> I just like to watch people play it. Yeah, I guess. The last link that I have for you: Have you ever? I, I, I'm I'm guessing you haven't. You've never played uh, the uh, the Xeno games, uh, Xeno Gears, Xeno Saga. Nope. Nope. Okay. So if you've ever been curious about these uh, RPG meets sci-fi series, which originates on the first PlayStation, and then moved to the PlayStation 2, and eventually to the Wii, and just a couple of weeks ago to the 3DS with the Xenoblade Chronicles remake, there's a great explainer on US Gamer about the history of the Xenoverse, and, you know, all these different iterations, one of, one of them was kind of terrible. I personally own an original copy of X- Xenogears on the PS1, I played uh, on my PSP I don't remember if 6 or 7 years ago I either uh, downloaded uh, the PS1 Classic or if my PSP was um, what's the the name for it, it wasn't called a jailbreak it used to be called like a custom firmware what was the name Um, I don't remember, anyway homebrew emulators Because I remember that I bought the game on eBay uh, and then I started playing it on my PSP for convenience. See, there was a time in my life, Mike, when... So this is kind of like therapy at this point for me. (laughs) There was a time in my life when I I used to buy old games on eBay, physically buy them and then play them on emulators because I didn't want to feel bad about, you know, downloading the, the pirate copy. So to feel good with myself, of course, you know, I had disposable income because, you know, I didn't have to pay rent. I was like 18 or 19. I was still living with my parents and I didn't know what to do with my money. Anyway, that's another discussion. To feel good with myself, I would buy the game on eBay and then play it, not physically on an original console, on the emulator because I didn't want to feel like a bad guy. Does this make any sense to you?
0: Yeah, I guess. See I, I think I get that. You know, you're just trying. You're just trying to do the right thing. Yeah, in my own small world, I did, <laughs> uh, and
1: that's a uh, that's about it for the links, Mike. Took a while this week, but you know you've been flying, so you needed to. You needed to. To I, know all this stuff.
0: No, I'm happy we got through it. Like, awesome. You know, I, I wanted to get through it, and I'm happy that we did. And I appreciate your help. <laughs> of course, man. Cause I, I would never be able to do this without you, you know. Oh,
1: I have all my my different sources, you know. I have mm-hmm. my Twitter list. I have my my uh, highly filtered news Blur subscriptions, so I don't see uh, headlines for stuff I don't care about. Uh, it's my pleasure. I, I love collecting links and to dis- you know, to discuss all these bunch of different topics each week, to find you know upcoming trends and also to discuss old games. It's always fun.
0: Uh, so, uh, there's some topics that you've got in here. Yeah. You have smartwatch games. I would like to postpone that topic because I want to hear about Boxboy because I don't know oh. anything about this. Oh, so, okay. Let, let's keep smartwatch games because I think that that should sure. be a bigger topic. But sure, I, I yes. don't know what Boxboy is. Okay. So. Totally out of the blue. This Wait, game, let me let me let me pause you there for a second. Let me thank Igloo, and then you can tell me. Awesome. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. Why invest in the latest, sleekest devices if you're just going to use them to stare at an internet website that looks like it was built in the '90s? Well, this is where Igloo can help. Not only can Igloo be customized to look exactly like the way that you want, with all your colors and your company logo and everything all set up exactly as you like but with its responsive design it's automatically optimized for almost any device you're using including the iPhone the iPad the Mac anything as a web browser no matter what the screen size it's going to look fantastic with igloo you can share files coordinate calendars provide status updates and manage your projects igloo is not just your traditional internet intranet you know for stuff like hr policies and expense forms stuff like that all the boring stuff it's not just about that it's also about letting you work better together with your teams wherever and whenever you like Eagle's latest upgrade, Viking, revolves around documents and how you interact with them. Gather feedback... And make changes they've added the ability to track who has read critical information to keep everyone on the same page it's kind of like read receipts but way less annoying and it helps you keep track of who, if people are reading important documents that you need your whole company to see if your company has a legacy intranet that looks like it was built in the 90s you should be giving igloo a try igloo understands that love doesn't just happen overnight so if you sign up right now you can try out igloo for free for any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want so Sign up right now at igloosoftware.com/slash virtual. Thank you so much to igloo for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So, tell me about Boxboy.
1: So, it's this new puzzle game meets 2D platformer from Nintendo, <laughs> actually from HAL uh, Laboratory, so a uh, Nintendo subsidiary. Um,
0: so, it's a Nintendo they- game.
1: It's a Nintendo game. These are the guys that usually make Kirby games. So, Totally Out of the Blue comes out this game, which is a black and white puzzle-slash-platform game, and it's awesome. So, uh, in the game, you are a box. (laughs) You are a box boy. Uh, You are this little box with legs. And this box boy jumps and, of course, walks. And what's peculiar about this game is that the box boy can create... Actually, I think the name of the of the boy is a uh, QB. Uh, it's a Q-B-B-Y. I'm going to call it QB. Um, so QB can create other boxes. So it's like a mix of Mario, Snake, and Tetris. So basically, this is better explained by from a video. But the, the box, uh, QB, can create other boxes that are connected to, to his "Quote unquote body," so you can and you can create other boxes in any direction you want. You can go right up or down, and you can create figures. So you can do like an L. You can do like a like on treacherous, You can do the the S figure. You can do a vertical line. You can do a horizontal line. And the purpose of creating boxes is to go past obstacles and platforms. So you can create like steps to. You know to walk onto and then to jump onto a platform. You can create like um like a path to if there's like a hole in the ground and you don't need to you don't want to fall, or you can like stop lasers with other boxes. You can put uh, boxes onto spikes so you don't die. There's a oh, there's a whole slew of mechanics and implementations of the block of the boxes. And what's peculiar also is that. Because these boxes are connected to QB, um, basically once you deactivate the boxes, so on each level you have a specific amount of boxes you can create if you want to meet the goals of the level. So you you can you can either uh, collect crowns or you can make sure that you complete the level within a specific amount of boxes. If you if you once you understand this, you know, that you need to be uh, careful, you know, in how many boxes you create, uh, you start to understand the mechanic that uh, boxes can be created and deactivated at any time. And once you deactivate them, you you're, because you are connected to the boxes, you're like... Uh, you, like, fly towards them. It's difficult to un- to explain w- words. So make sure to look at the video um, because, it, really, it's just a couple of minutes and then the game totally clicks.
0: Oh, I'm looking at the GIFs. So, basically, you can create a box. Like, say you need to get up to a ledge. You can create yep. a box, put it down, jump on the box and jump on the ledge, right? Yeah. Or you can create the box, hold on to it before you let it go, yeah, catch it on the top of the ledge and pulls you up when you when you so pull, as you say like it, you regenerate them, it pulls you towards them like a grappling hook.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You and... need to
0: look at the to understand what Federico is trying to explain because it is confusing to hear. I think <laughs> you have to look at the Kotaku article, the Box Boy review uh, that's in our show notes because they've got some gifs in there that explain exactly what you're talking about. Which, that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, so this looks cool.
1: It's cool. The music, the music is cool. The graphics are black and white, but also you know, kind of retro and also looks
0: like also. a Game Boy game.
1: Yeah, and and you know, it's not super difficult. But it's not super easy, it kind of, it's like a, uh, I think the Kotaku article says it's brain tease, and that's totally accurate, I think. I spent two hours last night playing this game in bed, and it was fun, you know, because it motivates you to be creative and to understand, okay, what can I do with these boxes? <laughs> and what, Where do I need to go? And, and I found myself already in the first, so the game is organized in worlds, like in Mario, already in the first few stages, I found myself going back to make sure I would complete level at 100%, you know, with all the crowns and within a specific number of boxes. And it's really fun and unexpected, and you can customize the, the BoxBoy. Uh, so during the Nintendo Direct, there was this uh, amazing moment from Bill Trinan, uh the Nintendo of America guy. Uh, he was explaining Box Boy, and one of the customizations that you can unlock is a ninja costume. So <laughs> he, was, he was explaining the, the game, and he like, look at, looks at the camera and says, life is good when you're a ninja block. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a meme going around with the GIF of Bill Trinan saying this fact about uh, Ninja Blocks. Anyway, yeah, you should get Box Boy from the eShop. Nintendo 3DS looks great, addictive, fun. Uh, yeah, one of my one of my new favorites on the 3DS. It's it's perfect for the 3DS. It makes sense with the D-pad on the on the you know with the physical controls. Wouldn't be as fun uh, on on a touch device. Uh, it, this game needs buttons, and again, super recommended,
0: Mike. All right. Well, I'm currently performing a system update. On oh my, yeah, of uh, course you are <laughs> on my, my 3ds, and I'm gonna I'm gonna download this game straight away. Awesome.
1: So before we go, just uh, I wanted to give you and our dear listeners a progress update on The Last of Us. So I will avoid spoilers. Okay. for you for the story because i really want you to to you know to play this game again i just uh, talk about the mechanics a little bit um uh, i am uh let me look at the screen, 18 hours into this game, I was playing it before the show and I just paused it on my PS4, Uh, I am approaching the end, I reached the final chapter, Uh, I don't want, it's not actually chapter the correct way of saying it, but I don't want to say, you know, what it actually is, otherwise it will be a spoiler for you. But it is the final, you know, couple of hours. So I'm about to see the end, and I'm kind of sad because it's a great game, and I don't want to finish the game, but I also want to finish the game, so, I'm, you know, I'm torn. Um, <laughs> it's it's a fantastic game. It's um, I mean... Visually speaking, it's striking. There are some sections. So the first time we discussed this game three weeks ago, uh, or was it two weeks ago? I don't remember. It was
0: was two weeks ago. Two weeks weeks ago.
1: First time we discussed it, I was in Boston. I was in the first section of the game, the one that you also saw. Once you continue play, you see other areas uh, in the United States. And visually, I know that this is not really a PlayStation 4 game. But it is beautiful and there's a a contrast between light and nature and the darkness and the sense of being inside a place where you have no escape. There's this sense of oppression and this contrast between these two themes is both present from a gameplay perspective and it's present also in a way, you know, of a, of the story, but also visually speaking, uh, I think it is very well done. Uh, not just, you know, for the uh, number of polygons on the screen or the quality of the texture, but just, you know, artistically speaking, the colors, the lightning, the taste, uh, it's really well done. And I... As I continue playing, I, I appreciated uh, all the details that you can find wandering around. So you are fa- you are basically living in a world where society as we know it today doesn't exist anymore. But that doesn't mean that you cannot find relics of this old society. So why why you walk around? You- you find all this stuff, whether it's letters from people or movie posters from movie theaters or signs or, like, you can walk into music stores and you see all this old stuff and I th- I find it really fascinating how our own modern society is contextualized in the sense that this is 20 years from now. How do we want to be remem- remembered? And there's all the this old stuff and and this again, it's a game of contrasts. It's a game of oppositions, you know? And the, the the strongest contrast is between Joel and Ellie. And these are people from two different generations. So Joel remembers society and our world as we know it today. And Ellie uh, is she's a teenager. She's she's born during the era of you know confinement uh because of the virus that's going on. And she often asks questions such as what it's like to fly a plane. You know, obvious stuff that we take for granted, reimagined in the in you know in this way. That what if the world would end? What would people in the future, or at least those who are left, remember what we did and how we used to live? And so the contrast is a theme that permeates the game, and and it really um, it really made an impression on me so from the point of view of the story and it's not really like there's no major plot twists there's no you know it's it's not a complicated story but it's a very subtle it's a very uh, you need to catch the details to, to it's a more a game of mood, of atmosphere, than of... You know, it's not a TV show. It's not Breaking Bad. It's not a game of the story changes so much and so quickly. Uh, it's not a Final Fantasy game either. It's a game of, yeah, of atmosphere. You need, It's a game of of sense of what you do and what's happening and why and what it used to be. That's That's been a huge theme for me. Uh, from a gameplay perspective, I'm a little more... Um, critical of the game because i think it can get repetitive after a while uh, there's a there's a uh, a definite pattern of okay you go into this area and you kill a bunch of dudes or you kill a bunch of monsters and then you get to relax for a couple of minutes and then you do it again and there's a There's a very clear structure in the way that you go into an area and then you need to decide whether you want to sneak onto enemies, so you want to take the stealth approach, or if you want to just shoot everybody and, you know, fight and, you know, throw punches and whatever. And then there's the area when you get to walk around and collect resources. Then every once in a while you get to craft items. So it can get a bit—I wouldn't say boring because it was never boring for me—but it's a bit repetitive after a while. Like you can you can spot uh, what's coming up. Like I can say, okay, I know that I'm about to walk into this area. I don't know there's there's gonna be people that I need to kill. Um, so from that point of view, I, I would have liked to see more variety in the game. You know, maybe I don't know drive vehicles or uh, it's not that there's no like the game at one point throws a curveball at you and it you you know I don't want to say it but okay. uh, there's, a, there's a change and you're like huh but also after those first couple of minutes it's still the same you know kind of stuff so the gameplay could have been a bit more diversified that said I can see why people made a big deal out of this game uh, the acting, uh, the voiceover—it's—it's it's movie quality, I think. Um, and you can see the characters changing over time. Uh, you can see the relationship between Joel and Ellie changing. And even if you know the game is as flaws from a game design and gameplay perspective, but on the whole, I think it's a fantastic game. And and I can say with confidence, with, you know, 18 hours, I'm about to see, I'm about to do the final section. Um, one of the best games that I've played in years. And wow. and it's been... Oh, a, man, yeah, I
0: need to play this, don't I?
1: It's been a while since a game, uh, you know, a console game, because I've played portable console game that, you know, I'm, I become obsessed with. and But this one was a surprise because on paper, this is not my kind of game, you know? Uh, I, I'm not the kind of guy who, you know, does stealth games or, you know, shooting stuff, monsters, zombies, you know, uh, and even the the tense sections, I appreciated those, uh, and I didn't feel, see, I, di- I never felt scared of this game, I felt tense, but it was a good kind of tension, and yeah, I mean, I'm 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 kind of sad that i'm about to finish the game but also of course happy because i get to see the ending and then i get to play the d l c um so yeah it's it's been it's been worth it to, to get a playstation to play this kind of uh
0: this kind of game wow well, i'm i'm pleased that you found a game straight away that's like solidified your purchase
1: yeah it's uh it was a really uh really nice uh unexpected surprise for me um I I was like, okay, I need to play this game because people tell me to, you know? Uh, And instead, it's a kind of game that I really like. And and at this point, I'm wondering, has my taste actually changed? And I don't know. Am I, like, am I a grown-up now? Can I play these kind of games? Uh, So, we'll we'll see. I don't know. What's Pokemon Rumble World? Oh, it's a new free-to-play, I think, game for the 3DS. Another one, yes. It's another one. Um...
0: Okay, well let's download I haven't... It and see what happens.
1: Okay, yeah, you're my kind of guy for this stuff. Uh I I didn't download it from the eShop. Um because I know there's Mike, he's coming back, so I will just ask him to to download Pokemon Rumble. Alright,
0: well, it's downloading. I'll get that and I'm gonna get Box Boy and I'll see what happens. Yeah I think I saw somebody tweet like that there's like a limit on in app purchase in this game. Like after mm. after you spend like the maximum amount, it doesn't let you spend any more, which I like, guess is kind of responsible. But that's interesting. Yeah, this sense. is another one, and I find it really interesting that they're using Pokemon. It just seems like you know, I don't know what that means, but like two free to play games, both Pokemon games.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's there's so much Nintendo could do with the Pokemon universe when it comes to, you know, uh, in-app purchases and stuff. I mean, items, special Pokemon. Uh, you know, shiny Pokemon. Even they could ask for money. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's a, totally, man. No. Like,
0: imagine a real Pokemon game. Like, it's a proper Pokemon game, but you pay ten bucks and you get Mew. Be like, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. It kind of destroys the whole concept of
0: the series. But uh, you know, I, I tell ten... you what, it could do. You get ten bucks to enter a specific area where you get the where chance you catch, to catch yeah. Mew. That would be better because that feels more Pokemon-y Yeah. True. <laughs> You know, you have to buy a ticket to go on a specific... Or go on the SSN, right? You actually buy the ticket and then you can go <laughs> oh, let's catch me. Let's not in. talk
1: about the SSN again. <laughs> <laughs> and the urban legend.
0: If you go to the
1: truck... No. What does the truck it mean, wasn't true. Federico?
0: <laughs> Why was the truck there?
1: You need to cut the truck. Cut <laughs> the, the truck, Federico. Meme will pop but, out. Yeah. That's, that, that, was a, that was the story. That's not true.
0: Still sad. Uh, Steve from Isometrics in the chat room, and he's telling me, "Don't do it." I assume he's talking about downloading Pokemon Rumble. Yeah. I'm doing it, Steve. I'm taking a bullet for all of us. He's doing it. doing it. It's, doing it. it's, it's nearly crazy. downloaded. Alright, so that's about it for this week's episode of Virtual. We'll be back next week with another show uh, and I hope that you'll tune in for that. Maybe I will I will have played Pokemon Rumble by then. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but until then, thanks again for, to our sponsors this week, 1Password and Igloo. If you want to find us online, I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E, and Federico is at Vatici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. You can find Federico's great work over at maxstories.net. Uh, don't forget, this show is a part of Relay.fm. That's our website. You can find loads of great shows there from us. Uh, don't forget Isometric as well is another, is another great video game show that I mentioned earlier. If you enjoy this one, I'm sure that you will like that one. And Steve, who I was talking about, obviously is one of the hosts, and I'm happy he's in the chat room today. Um, you know, enjoying our little video game show that we make. But most of all, thanks to all of you for listening, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Federico.
1: Arrivederci.